coming in. Keep it locked right here. You are listening to MTMB Sports. Hey, how y'all doing? It's Rick Sincere with MTNV Sports. I'm so blessed to be joined today by the one and only Mr. Steve Weiss from the NFL Network. Listen, you've seen him over and over on the NFL Network. If you watch any bit of the NFL Network, then you already know who I'm talking about today. I'm so blessed to have him here. A proud, proud HBCU alumni. I can't wait to hop into this conversation. There's going to be so much to talk about. Let's get into it right after. It's your boy, Mike Tease. From the 304 to the tray four. He already know. Should we stop playing? Yeah. Hey, tell me who your squad is. When I came with the gang and we mobbing. Yeah, we mob. Show up with the light. light. Got everybody flocking. Fly. The devil wanna fight. fight. Well, everybody mobbing. Well, everybody mobbing. Everybody mobbing. Everybody mobbing. We got everybody mobbing. Show up with the light. Got everybody flocking, the devil wanna fight, fight. everybody mobbing, Mob. everybody jumping in at the same time. I saw him wanna call it like we got the same mind. The devil moving kinda fairly across the baseline. I think he ain't kind. Convict. Hey, yeah, you know we got the squad up in here. The enemy gon' be defeated as long as God in the midst. Yeah, we eatin', close your eyes, by your head. Yeah, we eatin', say a prayer, cause we mobbin' again mobbin'. Let me get back to the rappin', devil talk smack, but I know we came back in uh, I just sit back and I laugh when the devil got a plan, but my God come a jacket uh, Better prepare for defeat, if you comin' at me, I be the one to bag him up Never let up on my feet on this neck, he ain't gettin' up, that's where the Lazarus Hey, tell me who your squad is When I came with the gang and we mobbin' Show up with the light, got everybody flockin' The devil wanna fight, Everybody mobbing, everybody mobbing, everybody mobbing, everybody mobbing. We got everybody mobbing. Show up with the light, got everybody flocking. The devil wanna fight. Everybody lobbing, we hit everybody mobbing, squad getting active. I hit him with a robin, psychic. Make the devil wanna tap out when everybody tapping. The bloody be licking, you couldn't get it with a napkin. I'm laughing at you. You thought that you had me when I was acting a fool, but I wanted to get dip in the baptism pool. Now God really using me when I'm rapping the booth. Now I'm laughing at you, so we stomping on your head. This think I'm really but talk cause I said I'm a Christian. Because of the bottom of all of my shoes started turning red. Every time I take a dive in the Bible, I gotta implement the things that it said. When I'm with the crew, it's always like communion, cause I got the juice, you know I'm breaking bread. Man, I got so many sounds I can switch and endeavor never. Know what's coming. She think it's a marathon. He heard the power, and then the devil started running. Yeah, the devil started running. The fight has been fixed, and I already won it. Look at my life, and you can see what God is. You ain't got no one. Hey, tell me who your squad is. Man, I came with the gang, and we mobbing. Show up with the light. Got everybody flocking. The devil wanna fight. Well, everybody mobbing. Hey, Mr. Weiss, how you doing today? Everything is good. Thanks for having me on, man. I'm excited to be on the show. 
man, it is a absolute blessing. I want to say blessing and pleasure, but (laughs) it's an absolute blessing to have you here on the show. Um, Thank you so much for joining us. I've heard about your involvement in HBCU, um, you know, football, and basically I understand that you're a graduate of HBCU. I learned that from Keisha, uh, from the Black College Experience, and she's been like the kind of connect to you. And so I've been happy to just kind of watch you interact and engage on Twitter. Um, and it's been awesome to see you just even in a couple of different events. I saw you once at the Black Sports um, Business Symposium. And then later on that same day, right, I saw you, uh, was it Thursday and Friday, right? Saturday night, you're hosting the um, Black College um, Black College Football Hall of Fame induction ceremony um, there with Charles Davis. Listen, I want to know from you, how was it important for you um, to be at the Black Sports Business Symposium? And what was that experience like for you? Well, I mean, it was important because I'm one of the co-founders. Myself, Kevin Demoff, the uh, COO of the Los Angeles Rams, and Greg Gibson, uh, who's really the driving force behind this. You know, he started with the HBCU Battle of the Brains, something that I've been involved with for about four years. Um, You know, we we were all the co-founders. You know, Kevin Demoff came up with the idea bounced it off of me. We shaped the platform as how we could pull this together. And then we brought in Greg, who's just the expert at organizing these big events. And he's got the contacts to bring in a lot of people from HBCUs. So that's the main reason I was there. But, you know, I just, I just you know, I also wanted us to see and learn. I mean, and not just from some of the dynamic speakers that were there, um, from the students. You know, I'm 56 years old. I graduated from Howard University in 1989. That was pre-internet, right? So I'm kind of an old guy. So it was just important for me to, to learn from the younger generation. So as someone whose goal in life it is now is to reach back and make things better for the generations behind me to hear some of their concerns and to hear some of the ways they feel they can change the game. So I, I think that's probably, you know, again, besides me being one of the organizers of the event, one of the main reasons why I was there. For me, it was an incredible event. I got a chance to meet so many people. Um, I had a chance to network. That was a huge networking event. I thought it was excellent, right? It was like speed dating, but networking. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, I had a chance to meet so many people that I would see on ESPN, right? NFL Network. I, so, I had a chance to kind of, you know, shake hands with everybody. Did the whole event unfold like you visualized it would? It was, it was 10 times better than I thought it would. Um, Look, when you're, when you're putting an event together, you know, you have a million concerns, okay, which I's did I dot, which T's did I cross, and which ones of both did I miss? You know, so you're you're really worrying about the ones that you've missed, and can it come together? Um, and with ESPN, is an incredible title sponsor, and, you know, the Falcons and the Arthur Blank Family Foundation, you know, donating, you know, a ton of money to sponsor students, but also allowing us to use the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, I mean... You're just like, man, can all of these big things come together as a great conglomerate and work together and, you know, have all these tentacles all over the place and can come together without there being any disasters? And we pulled it off. I mean, there were some minor brush fires and some things we absolutely are going to change going into next year, but I, I thought it was a thousand times better than I could ever imagine. I mean, when I walked in opening day um, at the first event and saw 2,000 people sitting there in the middle of the field where the Falcons play and the United play, um just watching the intro like whoa okay we're gonna make this happen this is really gonna work and then you saw all the great seminars and the job fairs and like you said the networking opportunities again there's some things we're going to restructure 
for the next one. So it doesn't seem so much like speed dating and it seems more like an interpersonal interaction where you can actually um, take time and, and learn about people. There's a lot of things we've learned, but again, I think for the initial ground floor, we really established something special. Listen, um, so I know what my experience was like. I saw you in a few different instances, right? Um, you were interviewing um, Deion Sanders. I thought that was fun. Um, and then even later on that weekend, you're you know, interviewing uh, Nate Newton, right? Um, you're, you know, interviewing Donald Driver, right? Which one of that whole weekend, right? What was your most memorable moment? Well, the Black House Football Hall of Fame is a separate event. Um, maybe in future years, we'll bring those together. But I've been involved with that for about 10 years now. Um, I was asked, uh, probably it, it was probably around 2013, I guess, to come in and be a speaker and a presenter at the initial event when it was much smaller, it was held in a hotel, uh, in Buckhead in Atlanta. And then from then on, it became a much larger event. Um, uh, we're recognizing all the great heroes and legends from historically black colleges and universities. And Charles Davis and I have been co-MC since. We both also sit on the selection committee uh, in terms of determining who's going to go in from year to year. We have some great debates about that. Um, you know, and, and we also played a role in having the actual museum for the Black College Football Hall of Fame being Canton, Ohio. And, you know, so it's at the Pro Football Hall of Fame as well because, you know, a lot of people who went to historically black colleges like myself and or who know about them, they know about a lot of these heroes. They know about Doug Williams and Shaq Harris and Harold Double O Soul um, Jackson and Harold Carmichael and Nate Newton, Donald Driver. But a lot of the people who typically go to Canton, Ohio, to the Pro Football Hall of Fame don't understand that 10% of the Pro Football Hall of Famers came from historically black colleges, whether it's players, coaches, contributors, and whatnot. And, and so having it there is a great educational tool because I think a great thing that you know, we try to do with the Black College Football Hall of Fame and the Black Sports Business Symposium is to educate those who are unfamiliar with the opportunities, past, present, future that lie there from people from historically black colleges and from the black talent that's in this country. Yeah, absolutely. I So I, I attended both events, right? And so um, getting myself prepared for the Black um, Sports Business Symposium was one thing, right? And then kind of running over, like, later on that night um, to the Black College Football Hall of Fame induction ceremony was another. It was a cool, cool thing. But I saw you in a few different situations. So, one, you're um, you're at the Black Sports Business Symposium. You're interviewing um, Deion Sanders. And as you're interviewing him, right, like, he stands up and he just kind of takes over the room. <laughs> and I kind of watched you doing that. And then at the other event, right, while you're interviewing uh, Nate Newton, he stands up and he won't sit down, right? <laughs> and so, which one of those moments kind of um, made you feel like I have to adjust or, or be a little bit more nimble in this situation? Well, I mean, it was one Nate Newton because with Dion, it was predetermined we were going to have a Q&A. You know, Dion really, you know, like I talked about me earlier, one of the great things about the Black Sports Business Symposium was hearing from the young people and hearing from, from folks I'm not familiar with to help me learn and get better and, and to have certain approaches to certain things. So that was agreed upon. You know, we said, hey, look, Dion and I will chat for 15 minutes at the beginning. Then we're going to open it up to the floor. So that was that. With Nate, you know, typically, again, we've been doing this for years in the Black College Football Hall of Fame where the inductees will come up on the stage and we'll have about a three-question Q&A so the crowd can get to know that person a little better, maybe a story or something that, that's fantastic. And we've had some great ones. But Nate was like, 
I'm standing up. I'm not going to sit down on the couch with you, Steve. I'm like, okay. Well, I'm going to stand up then, Nate. You know, let's have a little fun here. And it's great. It was a great wrinkle. But that's Nate. I mean, he's hilarious. He's, he's been that way. So, um, you know, it, it was a great wrinkle. And you, and you talked about all the different roles I kind of I kind of played during the weekend with, again, being a co-founder of the uh, Black Sports Business Symposium, sitting on stage with Deion Tanner, interviewing a couple uh, agents. You know, we had a really great um, session with David Mulligetta, you know, probably one of the most, the, the most powerful agent in the NFL right now who's black. Um, then a, a session with other black agents and then, you know, doing a lot of mentoring and, and things like that. I mean, look, that's what I did. I mean, you know, I, I'm an interviewer, you know, that's why I've been in this game for a long time. Um, I, I like to consider myself a leader, but I also like to consider myself one of the more open-minded people again, to, again, to, to, to learn from others. So my approaches to everything I do can be current and they can be smart and be solution-based instead of uh, complaining-based. I could probably flex like, where are all the rappers that you said hype? Nowhere to be found and now my set like, hold the culture down, they told me talk like I was Ted, right? Resurrect the tribe just like I met Fife. You boys need to meditate instead of fake. Celebrate on IG. Depression make you medicate with my lead. But what's that in your IV? And yeah, I'm sending shots like Rocky to your body. Before you overdose, I rope a dope like I was Ali. Versus methadone, just check the method, man. Indie try forever, you are not a distant second hand. Got the Holy Ghost, it's holy smoke, you catch it second hand. And I spent your whole advance on my wedding, man. But I would never flex like that And anytime I do, I just repent and get right back Competitive like that The scripture is a sedative like that I'm set on the right track I'm destined to fight back You don't wrestle like it's flesh and blood She say, won't he do it? I say, yes, he does Couldn't care less if you covered in what I'm coming with Covered in the blood because you blessed me Cause Getting screwed by your contract A simple read and legal fee And you never signed out I'm sick of all that ignorant capping Man, I've seen you split but plead a fifth You got some strings, but your royalties, they don't exist And I get nervous cause you don't know how to feed your kids Your shows is canceled, couldn't people sit And they try to show another light to wear hip-hop Man, I might be the next short night I feel Nike, my mindset is 10 moves ahead of you suckers I'm writing algorithms so soon they'll address me like I'm Zucker Bird, this my spurg is pumping, ready to blow Man, I got melody, but I'm still calm and heavy with flow We open doors to places that they never thought we could go and so before you come and ask me for advice on the side You can pay me for consulting You're wasting my time I'm where the wound be like an ice pack Your face all in a mug, get your sight back King Pacquiao, you catch a right back I said I'll be right back and I'm right back But they don't like that I might just hit the city with the crown on my head A lot of rabbits that y'all be playing with Probably be dead of Dilly and tell me to chill The summer's real but y'all ain't got the reach to kill I build Sign of cathedrals and coliseums Tribes the sound of freedom I put the hammer down like my brother's Liam I treat them like what they is Disobedient sons and daughters I was a virgin with some kids I'm on some no-ish I'm Kanye on a bad day But I'm down to earth Cause hip-hop is a sad space But I'm in it though Trust me, I'm the pinnacle the holy dope is digital, the pistol goes Hey, Jesus died for that, you rabbits drivers whack Pull him over, like where your license at For you could die with that I spit 
like a leopard, you couldn't touch me. He might just be exactly what you needed. I've been told this is a fetus, you couldn't cheat it. Go ahead with me. As long as his breath in my lungs is all hell. King Jesus at 45 with a leave us at 116. I believe in if junkies never was dreaming. Cause summer beast was a season. We live as kings, give me trees in the tribe of village. I mean, lead him, get him up. Kitty rap team, pick him up. Had the Lilo, stitch him up. Guess he wasn't quick enough. Don't hide, boy, you smell like chicken. Oh my, oh
I want to dive into your journey into journalism um, because I, I, I see this from you a lot right now. You have done an incredible job. Um, I just you know, take a moment to just kind of acknowledge what you've done. You've done an incredible job of bringing people up and then taking people under your wing, um, especially people from Native American backgrounds, right? Um, it's, you know, HBCUs, right? Like you're, you'll come on shows like mine, right? Shows that don't have like super, you know, huge following the things that are nature, but you'll still be there and encourage people and then give them full Steve Weiss, right? The same one we see on television. I've seen you in interviews and interacting and engaging. You've been that person for them and then also opening doors and letting them know about your story. I want to dive into a, a, your story just a little bit um, and ask you about that pivot into sports journalism. You start off as a football player in, in high school, right? A multiple position athlete, right? I don't even even though people you know know about that but you were you were you were doing it man but then, <laughs> then from there in in um college right you know it's a different story right um but what made you pivot into sports journalism I, i've always kind of been into it. it it's it's interesting my uh my father worked you know i grew up i was born in minneapolis lived there for nine years uh moved to st louis my father um worked at the nbc affiliate in st louis in, in advertising sales so I've always been around the media game. Um, and then I was, you know, from a pretty young age, I was always a pretty good athlete, baseball player, football player, basketball, not so much, but I played it. Um, and then in high school, um, you know, I started to realize I'm not good at math or science. I got to figure out what, you know, when I go to college, what I'm going to do. I'm good at, you know, reading comprehension and writing. So let's try this journalism thing. Got into the school newspaper in 10th grade. Uh, by the time I was a senior, I was the editor-in-chief of the school paper, um, co-editor-in-chief of the school paper, um, while also playing sports. You know, I was an all-conference high school football player. Went to University of Missouri the first two years of, of my collegiate career to play football. Um, that didn't work out. It wasn't very good. They changed coaches, um, so I was very expendable. Transferred to Howard, where I was going to play football. Um, under Willie Jeffries, a great Black College Football Hall of Famer. Um, he knew of me when he was at Wichita State. Um, and then, you know, I was, I was going to go play there. By the time I got to campus, because back then transfer rules were different. I had to have 60 hours, two full years um, before I could get into Howard. And so kind of lost my stinger, you know. So I said, you know, let me go focus on school and, and, and not worry about the football thing so much. So probably within a couple months there, I was working with a student newspaper doing sports. Um, ended up being the editor-in-chief uh, my senior year, so I was doing more news. But at the same time, my senior year, I was working at the Washington Post part-time, covering high school football, high school basketball games. And they kept me on because they saw some promise to do some other things. Um, so I, I've, all, I've, I've been fortunate, man, because very few people have kind of this direct A to B path to kind of pursue what they've always wanted to do. And I've been very fortunate that I, I have kind of been able to do that, you know? And so I've just been in sports journalism um, pretty much a whole career. I was a print journalism major. I was a newspaper guy, first job in Richmond, Virginia at the Times Dispatch, the nine years at the Miami Herald where I covered college football, the NBA, the NFL. Um, then went to the Washington Post where I covered the NBA. Michael Jordan's, you know, not, you know, the, the last dance wasn't his final dance. He came back and played for the Wizards. So I had a front row seat to that covering uh, that era. And then I came to Atlanta to the Journal of Constitution and uh, covered University of Georgia football for a year before covering the Falcons. 
uh, for the better part of four years, and then I transitioned to television with the NFL Network in 2008. So you were coming from, you know, a major school, then going to HBCU, heading to Howard. Can you describe your time at Howard? Like, if you can kind of paint a picture for what it was like for you at Howard, what was that time like? And then, secondly, were there any professors or staff members that kind of made an indelible mark on your journey? 100 percent. Look, coming from an area where I grew up in St. Louis, you know, I grew up about 30, 35 miles outside of St. Louis. I was one of the few black kids in my town and fewer black kids, you know, at my school. And so, um, you know, even though I was a good athlete, I was a popular kid and this and that. I mean, there's a lot of things I dealt with. And one of them was not being around a lot of black people. So when I transferred, you know, even at University of Missouri, it was the same. I mean, that was the most black people I'd been around, but they were all on the football team because the university had very few black students. So when I get to Howard, you know, you had the big concern that I'm sure a lot of suburban kids have when they go to HBCUs is, am I black enough, right? Is it, am I, am I going to be a misfit? Am I going to be viewed as an Oreo a certain way? I got to Howard, you know, again, it's in D.C., Chocolate City in the 80s. Um, and immediately I felt comfortable. You know, I, a lot of the, the concerns I had were gone because everyone kind of looked like me or for the most part looked like me. Teachers looked like me. I had two black teachers uh, in my life before I got to Howard, which is crazy, right? I'm reading curriculum by black authors. I'm, I'm learning about scientific studies that were done specifically by like white doctors to prove that the white race was superior to blacks. I'm learning about studies by black doctors. I'd never heard of Charles Drew before, right? Who, who created blood plasma, which a lot of us need to survive now. So I'm basically learning things that people would call critical race theory, but it was this the honest history of the world. Um, so I immediately felt at home, you know, and then when I got into my major, into the, into the hardcore journalism studies, I had Professor Ray Boone, uh, who ended up running a, a black newspaper in Richmond, Virginia. Man, this guy, him and Dr. Lawrence Cogwa, they really, you know, took me under their wing. You know, people like me and Stan Verrett, Fred, Frederica Whitfield, CNN, and Gus Johnson, right? We were all there at the same time. Michelle Miller, uh, who's at CBS. We were all there together. And, and they would take us, to take me to USA Today and, and things like this, which were in D.C., just on their free time to have me meet people and to see how things were run. Um, so I can't thank them enough for helping me out. And then Dr. Barbara Hines, um, you know, who took me in and helped me get the opportunity at the Washington Post. And then when I was at the Washington Post, people like Michael Wilbon and David Aldridge, and Tony Kornheiser, you know, who, who, who brought me in, um, you know, talked to me and made me, you know, help, help me get to where I got. So by the time I returned there, you know, 11, 12 years later, I was already familiar. So just so many people helped me. You know, I, I busted my ass, man. I mean, I worked very, very hard, very hard, which is a trade I, I like to take with me even now um, to help put myself in position to meet these people and have people recognize that, hey, this guy might have something special. But, you know, none of us get here without the help of someone, which gets to a point you talked about. I'll come on any podcast and, and speak to anybody I can to help them. Because I understand how important it was for those people to help me, and I would not be here without that assistance. Yeah. Ali, Ali. Yeah, I'm really bad at it. Yeah, yeah. I'm really bad at it. The fame 
ain't changed a thing, I'm still the same, and I'm really bad it. Yeah, yeah, I'm really bad it. Yeah, catch this clay, watch me sway, man, I'm really bad it. Yeah, yeah, I'm really bad it. Yeah, the fame ain't changed a thing, I'm still the same, and I'm really bad it. Yeah, yeah, I'm really bad it. Catch this clay, watch me sway. Uh, all these rappers acting like they know me. But I just chuck the deuce, I'm like Ginobili. Yeah, I roll with God, yeah, my king, he holy. Until I'm 40 uh, Tell these award shows So put respect on my name It's crazy when you tell the truth They don't treat you the same I swear this industry is like playing a video game Until I die, it's gonna be Jesus Christ I proclaim Look, I ain't compromising for a single thing Single thing Got a girl now, no more single things Single things I ain't satisfied till I'm Beatles range Beatles range I'm just in my lane doing what he say Never play yeah, I'm really about it Yeah, yeah, I'm really about it Ain't change the thing, I'm still the same, and I'm really bad it. Yeah, yeah, I'm really bad it. Yeah, catch this clay, watch me sway, man, I'm really bad it. Yeah, yeah, I'm really bad it. Yeah, the fame ain't change the thing, I'm still the same, and I'm really bad it. Yeah, yeah, I'm really bad it. Catch this clay, watch me sway. Yeah, it really baffled me, man, it really baffled me. How everybody want God's blessings, don't want Him actually. Favor ain't fair, so tell them they coming after me. They Game. I guess my name is on the faculty. Ay. I can't help it that I'm current. You can't ride my wave, it's too big of a current. I'm the son of God, I know that thing is for certain. I'm like Jeffy Butler, I'm just trying to be a servant. So I don't care about being seen with y'all favorite rapper. I'ma be who God made me, don't care about all the chatter. Book me if you wanna talk, I'm in a whole nother chapter. I mean what I say, homie, that ain't no adapting. Let's go, yeah, I'm really bad it. Yeah, yeah, I'm really bad it. Ain't change the thing, I'm still the same, and I'm really bad it. Yeah, yeah, I'm really bad it. Yeah, catch this clay, watch me sway, man, I'm really bad it. Yeah, yeah, I'm really bad it. Yeah, the fame ain't change the thing, I'm still the same, and I'm really bad it. Yeah, yeah, I'm really bad it. Catch this clay, watch me sway. Boy, Mike T's, ayy. From the 304 to the Trey 4. You already know. Ow! Move up, back, back, cause you lost me. You like air, I'm like MJ, cause you crossed me. Got me slipping, you can say you ready, must me. It's a cold world, like we living on our frosty. Move up, back, back, cause you lost me. You like air, I'm like MJ, cause you crossed me. You say you ready, must be uh, It's a cold world, like we living on a frosty Moonwalk, mic check, tell him beat it You the one I never needed You the type of I deleted Stepped in the back, I was bleeding Down on my knees, I was bleeding Lord, help me out, cause this world got me feeling anemic Too cold, grab your clothes below zero You know, I took the holy road, I had to let you go Turn around, do the do she do I don't need that in my life no more Baby, like me Cause the Holy Ghost just told me so Now move, move, walk back, back Cause you lost me You like air, I'm like MJ Cause you trust me Got me slipping, you can say you ready, must me It's a cold world like we living on a frosty Move, walk back, back Cause you lost me You like air, I'm like MJ Cause you trust me Got me slipping, you can say you ready, must me It's a cold world like we living on a frosty Looking back 
in my past, I was a heathen. Flesh had me feeling the weakest. Feeling like Adam and Eve and them. Back in the garden of Eden. You can look at the apple, don't eat it. Grab a book, open it up and read it. I was blind at one time, now I see it. God is good to me, even when he shouldn't be. I don't deserve his grace without it, don't know where I be. I chucked the deuces to the old me, told him moonwalk. You can't leave no baggage here, I told him get the U-Haul. Moonwalk back, back, cause you lost me. You like air, I'm like MJ, cause you crossed me. Got me slipping, you can say you ready, must me. It's a cold world, like we living on a frosty. Moonwalk back, back, cause you lost me. You like air, I'm like MJ, cause you crossed me. Got me slipping, you can say you ready, must me. It's a cold Listening to MTMB Sports. What's good, everybody? It's your man, the myth, the legend, the voice, bringing you this week's timeout. This is where we take a step back and assess the game of life, looking to God for strategies to bring us true success. This week's thought off the bench. To start the NBA playoffs this year, Steve Kerr gave his star player and team leader a choice. Due to minutes restrictions, because of an injury, he could either start or come off the bench. Steph chose to come off the bench because it made more sense for him and for the team, so he gave up his starting spot to Jordan Poole. As we know, the Warriors went on to win it all behind Steph's leadership even though he came off the bench to begin the playoffs. Andre Iguodala spoke about this on his podcast recently. He said, you know how Draymond says it's a pecking order, right? And it all starts with Steph. And it was a little bit of a message saying, all right, fellas, I'm coming off the bench. I'm just letting you all know this is what we need to do to win. If you got to come off the bench, You got to come off the bench. I just love him for that. Steph gets it. And that's one thing people don't recognize about him. He's really for the team. End quote. In looking at his example of doing whatever it takes for the team to win, even if that meant stepping down as it start giving up that starting position, something that caused Allen Iverson, as well as Carmelo Anthony, to leave the league, at least for a portion of time, because they didn't want to step back and not start. Their egos would not allow them to take that demotion. And because of that, though they had great careers, it's that kind of thinking that has probably kept both of those men from achieving championship status. Now, Jesus was God manifest in flesh. And in Philippians, the Bible says, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and die a criminal's death on the cross. 
Jesus also came off the bench in a figurative sense as being God and the spirit of God ruling over everything. We know that in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. Without the word was not anything made that was made. And that word is Jesus Christ. So the one who created everything came off the bench, per se, of being the throne, manifest himself in flesh, lived among humans, allowed himself to be confined to the laws of the earth and died a criminal's death so that we, the criminals, could be set free. He came off the bench, went on the cross for us. So if he can make that kind of sacrifice for us, what is it for us to give up our hangups or better yet, our position, air quotes, so that he can be glorified and he can be magnified? It's nothing. In Romans, Paul encourages us to live as living sacrifices, presenting ourselves to God this way, holy and acceptable which is our reasonable service it just makes sense to give ourselves to the lord in this way if you're a christian that means technically by definition that you are a christ follower and in order to follow christ you've got to do the things that he would do so here's the play if you profess christ as being your lord pick up your cross die to what you would consider as your right to please God and bring him glory. All right, everybody. It's your man, the myth, the legend, the voice with this week's time out. Time to get back in the game of life until next week. Ready? Break. Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports. This dude is a fake and a liar. I walk in the room. Chill, bro. Love how man. Cool. Hold on. I walk in the room and it smells like jealousy. I show them love that I never get back, but it's fine because I'm not a charity. Thought I was dead, but I'm bad. That's why I don't react when someone try to bury me. How do you act when you know for a fact that the love isn't real? You don't care for me. A lot of you weird to me. I cannot hear what they telling me. I just can't buy what they selling me. I really use my own recipe. Why would I look back at things behind me? I don't even care about who's ahead of me. All of your drug and stuff in comparison. I keep it quiet and they call me arrogant. Hmm, oh well. I guess I might as well let them have it then. I was being good, but now I'm bad again. In the wanna stun like my dad again. Got on black like I had a rabbit in. Life a trip, I suggest strapping in. Saw the truth of what was really happening. Told myself that I would never rap again. Oh, well. 2020, what a year. A lot of people that I love didn't make it here. A lot of things really made me shed tears. Made me feel pain I never thought I'd feel. Oh. They say they full of faith, but I see fear Y'all should not to fall for their appearance I know they be hating why they cheering When I step, I shift the atmosphere I go where I want, I don't need clearance I got more than talk for interference They think it happened fast and not they fierce I know they only try me cause they curious They look at me and they see perseverance They see a light they know they can't experience They like the courage like a lonely mirror Call them up and tell them what you want I just want some bass up in my trunk I just want to love her when I'm sober The same way I love her when I'm drunk When I hug her, I smell like a skunk She looked at me and know I want the same I forgot the 
the reason why I came. I've been trying to block out all this pain. Man, I walk in a room and it smell like jealousy. I showed them love that I never get back, but that's fine because I'm not a charity. Thought I was dead, but I'm bad. That's why I don't react when someone try to bury me. How do you act when you know for a fact that the love isn't real? You don't care for me. A lot of you weird to me. I cannot hear what they telling me. I just can't buy what they selling me. I really use my own recipe. Why would I look back at things behind me? I don't even care about who's ahead of me. All of your drug in the store for comparison. I keep it quiet and they call me arrogant. Oh well, I guess I might as well let them have it then I was being good, but now I'm bad again In New Orleans, stunned like my dad again Got on black like the had a rabbit in Life a trip, I suggest strapping in Saw the truth of what was really happening Told myself that I would never rap again Oh well Dog, I see the times ticking, killing my time linking. Cause I know my mind's vicious. My addiction might get worse and I might itch it. When the flesh speaks, the mind listens. I might distance. I feel like JoJo, stuck in place with various dance. Got a bizarre mind, but I got various plans. Ready to spin when crap hits the fan. Tell me, is you a fan? I grunt a lot and mature a lot, so I feel like I'm that man. No look crazy, but it's a misconception. We need correction. I'm tired of these body and these ashes. We collecting, disrespecting my heritage. I'm giving all this show, we ain't perishing. Yeah. Hey, and it's like the hospitality. 615, feel like we pulled down by gravity. They trying to get this quick money, they not doing it tactically. They killed my little cousin, man. I'm tired of these casualties. Automatically, they'd rather be on a different level. They running from God and they fighting demons and devils. Cause people really is working and never receive the medal. They put the pedal to the metal and start damaging vessels. Dang, man. 1979 is when my dad arrived He's 42, almost 45 He's so alive, I know where my roots reside You gotta study your history Don't let your curses turn into mysteries And now you move this Not another rapper by the chain I'ma teach you rappers how y'all gon' survive up in this game I might have to dumb it down I might have to make it plain I'ma make it really small so it fits up in your brain Ay, That's a lot of shady stuff up in this industry Gotta learn the business, man, it's way more than the ministry Blogs ain't the only entities that you can grow Let's build your fan base so you see the growth huh? Out of mind, out of sight, out of sight, out of mind That is really not the motto that I live by It's about the car that you drive and your shoes if you fly And that's why they just ride just to get by Keep it a hundred, these kids, they running, gunning, they shooting straight at the cops On the corner selling dope, sending threats to the ops Never had no father to give them a helping hand They looked at us adults when they was never a man And it's all orchestrated, it's all a part of the plan And how we really living, they would never understand In prison for petty crime, facing like many times We gotta do better now, dog, we came up wild. I knew that I was loaded and my flow was so important And I'm flowing and I'm showing that my life is all recorded And my mindset is distorted, all my promise was not sorted in the court into my biggest more than flow like tension going ay ay so as a professor I'm a professor myself right um I have a it's a somewhat fun question maybe we'll see how you feel about it alright um you've covered some phenomenal stories and broken some big stories um the michael vick story you covered um the colin kaepernick story and people have talked to you a lot about those stories um and then you said you covered also the michael jordan final dance right not the last one but the final dance correct <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love the way you put that too 
Now, as a professor, right, if I'm a professor of journalism, which I'm not, but if I were, right, and I were getting ready to teach my class a, this is how you, um, this is, this is, this is sports journalism, right? This is a perfect example of sports journalism. Which one of those um, coverage moments would I pull up, right? Like, which one for you would you say, hey, that's one you can use and say, okay, this is sports journalism. And then, which one that you would, you know, that I could also pull up and say, this is good, but here's the major flaw you want to avoid. Well, the first thing I would tell you to do is to take out the word sports and say, this is just journalism. Right. You know, sports is part of the world. So just take that as journalism. And then let's go to the Kaepernick part of it, because it's observational experience. And it was also an an evolution of journalism. The reason why I say that the five pillars of journalism are who, what, when, where, why. Those are the things you get into the top, into the lead of your story. and, And the why was always the sometimes. Right. But who's involved? or what was involved, or what was the cause, you know, how, eh, but and when did it take place? But with the Kaepernick thing, it was a complete melding of all of those. We had a preseason game with the 49ers against the Packers. First time Kaepernick's been medically cleared to participate. It was the third preseason game. Um... He, he had some opera, he had some surgeries, and he's playing under Chip Kelly, the new coach. He's supposed to resurrect his career by the scheme he runs. So what happens pregame? He doesn't stand for the national anthem. He hasn't been kneeling yet. He doesn't stand. And I was only cued into this because a colleague of mine called me before the game. Said, hey, look, I was just speaking with somebody with the 49ers, and they and they were hoping that somebody was here to keep an eye on Kaepernick because they noticed that he hadn't been standing during the playing of the national anthem. But they didn't know because he wasn't in uniform and something was going on. So he noticed he doesn't stand. Okay. So that is the what, like what he did. After speaking to him after the game, and it was just me and him because nobody asked him about this during the big press conference. So I had the Niners PR staff pull him aside for me. Him and I spoke. We had a previous relationship, so he felt comfortable talking to me. And I asked him the why. Why did you do this? And it was important for me in the terms of reporting, he didn't stand during the playing of the national anthem, but the context of why was huge for me. Maybe because I'm a, I'm a black man and I saw it was 2016, presidential election, Hillary and Clinton, or, I mean, sorry, Hillary and Trump, the whole polarization of race and immigration and just the heated emotions of it all, you know, and then also the police shooting, you know, Philando Castile. Um, Alt Sterling, you know, we've seen it over and over on video and nothing was happening. So the why of the reporting was right there in the lead. Here is why he did what he did. So when everyone focused on the what, they overlooked the why, which was the premise of the lead in journalism. And that's an evolution of journalism, as I said, because before... People wouldn't focus so much on why he did it. Like, just put the facts out there and you interpret it. But now, you know, reporting is with far more context. And I thought, and I thought the context um, was so important. Now, to get to reporting, um, like a big flaw of what he did. It's, one of the, it's, one of the, it's a big story I did when I was covering high schools with my first job. It was just poor execution. Right, the, I worked in Richmond, Virginia. The best player, one of the best players in the country, was a kid named Kendrick Warren who played basketball. 
uh, at a high school down there, I think at Thomas Jefferson High School. And I got a call saying he was going to commit. He was going to bypass UNLV and all these major schools to stay home and play at Virginia Commonwealth University. So I go to the school to speak to him, his coach and everything. And as soon as I walk in, he's there. I just bump into him as I'm walking in. I'm 23 years old here. So I start basically interviewing him cold right there. So he's kind of caught off guard. You know, me not realizing he's a 16 or 17 year old kid. I think I'm doing my job properly by going to the proper channels of maybe having him sit there with an adult or sit there with his coach. And then when I talk to his coach, well, he's like, well, Kendrick, you better call, you know, Jerry Tarkane and all these people, this and that. And, and the context of the way I reported it was was very poor. You know, I focused, oh, wow, Virginia Commonwealth is going to get one of the best players in the country. And I le- and some of the elements that were key to the reporting, like the coach kind of instructing him the things to do. I, I won't say I, I misrepresented them, but I, I just downplayed them in such a way where it, it just wasn't really a fair way of reporting. And I really regret some of that, but I learned from it. So those are just little things. I mean, look, you read the story, you might not be able to tell, but I know behind the scenes, the execution and the and the, and the fairness and the ethical way I went about it by almost, you know, unexpectedly ambushing this young kid, uh, you know, was something I, to this day, I really, you know, I have problems with myself uh, with, even though, you know, he ended up going to VCU uh, and things like that. It was just something I learned from and never did again. Uh, thank you so much. Listen, um, I really appreciate the breakdown of the Kaepernick story and the what, the when, the how, right? Like, I love that. And the I also, why. And the, and the why. why. And the why. Yes. <laughs> so, and, and then I also love the humility and then sharing the flawed story, right? I appreciate that. I have this question that I believe, I don't know how many other people can answer this, so I know you can. The onboarding process, when it's time for you to finally get to a NFL network, right? So you take the entire journey and then you, you get to NFL network, it's there. But from being hired until your absolute first show or your first recording, how much time passes? And then what's orientation and onboarding like? It's, it's sink or swim, baby. And, it, and it's different from when I came on. Like when I came on, the NFL Network was new. I think it maybe was four or five years old in 2008. Um, we were probably in 20 million households, whereas now we're closer to 75, 85, 90 million households. And that's just in the broadcast aspect. I mean, digitally, we're just international, huge. So when I came on, I came on as a writer, as a dot-com guy who could do TV. So... You know, I was kind of the first of the hybrid guys. Typically, they would hire TV people who could do TV, writers who would write. I was the hybrid guy because, and I hadn't done much TV. I'd been interviewed a lot, but I had not done interviewing and in, in, in the execution of TV, which is a billion times more difficult um, than being interviewed. I mean, I couldn't figure out how to button up a story in 40 seconds. It took me two years to figure that part out. Um, But no, I mean, I came in and within, you know, I was based in Atlanta for four years as a remote reporter. And it was every weekend during the season, hey, Steve, Brett Favre with the Jets, we need you to cover his first game against the Dolphins and do all these pregame hits. I had no TV guidance. I was a disaster when I first started. You know, no one was telling me, hey, do this, or here's how to get in and out in 40 seconds, and here's how to do a toss, and hey, if you get something in your ear, here's how to handle it. I had none of that, man. (laughs) So... 
it was just trial by fire and I, I adapted quickly by watching um, news people you know I, I watch news reporters because they've got to be spontaneous guys in war and, you know or if Anderson Cooper that's that's my journalistic muse right you know he, he's, he's he's hosting a show and he's doing talkbacks okay here's how he gets out of a segment here's how he handles this if it's a touchy situation here's how he handles a light situation and, and so I studied 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 and I watched every hit I did every one um, and so that was that nowadays, you know, when people come in, even if they're young, they're, they better be pretty accomplished because the scrutiny of Twitter and all the stuff that really wasn't that bad when I, you know, that severe, when I first started is there. And if you come in and you're raw, there's a far less, um, like you said, onboarding period to succeed, which necessarily isn't fair a lot of the times, but that's why the hiring Again, even if they hire people who are not that experienced, they hire people who they feel they can mold and shape, and there, and there are some backstops in place with instructors and coaches and things like that in terms of the broadcast side of things that I didn't have. Now, the fine balance is you have a lot of people who are trained to do TV but who aren't great interviewers, who aren't great journalists, who don't know, again, necessarily some of the things to look for and so there's always kind of that fine balance of, okay, how do we hire this person? Strengths and weaknesses. How do we do that? You know, and that's where, again, I come in. If, if people want to listen to me, some of the things I went through to try to help. And, you know, and I, and that's the one thing about the people I work with. You know, it's not just me. We've got great people like Stacey Dales and Mike Giardi, and James Palmer and Jim Trotter who will reach out and, you know, people want to listen and help and, and, you know, offer their advice and, and again, those are things I didn't necessarily have coming in, but like I said, I'm not going to get out work, man. I am not going to be that dude who's got the egg on his face. Yo, that seems to have been like a mantra for you throughout your entire yeah. um, career, even before you got started. Like, I'm going to outwork everybody. And that work ethic has like done wonders for you. Hey, man, I was raised by a single mother, you know, who didn't have time to baby me. Right? If I've been responsible, I've been the man of the house since I was, you know, 11 years old and you know, I had to had to feed my brother. I had to have the house clean. I had to do certain things. So, you know, if like I said, people say, what's one word you describe yourself? It'd be responsible. And, and so, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just been part of my DNA. And it's just, you know, the way I, why I was raised and, uh, and grew up. So that's how it is. They see that I'm brown like that ain't Lamar, that's Nino. Must be shooting that free throw, otherwise I must be weighing that kilo. Fan from the 954, 754, wanna know where I've been like Pinto. W on my mind, stay West Virginia, the mind stay Javon Dino. So I found my wife, like Nemo, had to put my exes in line, that's bingo. Do what I do for the people, gotta stay woke, cappuccino. I pull strings to the back of my brother, that's Tito. Came from the place where you look through the people, whether you get pulled in, see those shots get five on your feet, ultra cinco. Too much grace, whoa, I got too much grace. Clowny, they all want a piece when you look like a brownie. You say that you 
you up, but you still seem drowsy. When you get a heads, when they put out the bounty, they'll put you in the grave or line up the county. Counting me out, please check your accounting. Three, two, one, I'm counting. Tripping in this grace by the ounce. Too much grace, whoa, I got too much grace. Too much grace, whoa, he gave me too much grace. Whoa, whoa, I got too much grace. Give me some room. Watch your back, cause they be looking at you funky It's funny, broken, none of y'all know me Uh-huh Riding my bed like Yoshi Back in my bed like groceries About to get fat like Toby Uh-huh Everything I did, I felt I had to do it mm. Gave my all the all of that Like put your back into it mm. I ain't doing this for you, but hey, I am improving mm. Don't tell me that I'm the problem Cause you lack solution mm. I told God if it's a job, then I'm the one to do it Told him I won't ever stop till everybody move on me I know they wanna see me act a donkey. I try to give them love, but it broke me. Watch your back, cause they be looking at you funky. It's funny, but cause none of y'all know me. Huh? I heard they looking for the homie. I know they wanna see me act a donkey. I try to give them love, but it broke me. Watch your back, cause they be looking at you funky. I try to give them love, but it broke me. Spilling all my inner Humpty Dumpty. Now it's hard to fill me up like a four piece. And they ain't even really tryna drip blood in every step. I can't be no crip, that's legit. Better watch your step. I can't be your help, not equip. I just give them truth, then I gotta dip. Who is this? They just hit my line, it's a hit or miss. I can't slip. Top of the day, top of the year, top of the choice, top of the tier. I just been chilling on top of the stair. I just been feeling I'm out of the square, out of the box. Mm, got to the door and I knocked. Mm, I heard a couple of shots. Mm, they think I'm running, I'm not. Listen, one thing that I've, I've loved about listening to your interviews um, and even hearing you now is that word responsibility, right? Like you feel like you have a responsibility. Somebody asked you at one point um, if you felt the pressure to, you know, highlight certain things or highlight um, either Native Americans or highlight HBCUs. And you said, I don't feel a pressure. I feel a responsibility, yep. right? Um, to highlight yep. those things. And so um, just to, I'm gonna transition a little bit just into a fun thing really quick um, because I want to highlight a HBCU uh, football question. All right. Go you for ready it. to rock? Cool, here we go. Listen, um, you've seen all the moves that's been made by Jackson State, right? Um, You've seen what's happened with Travis Hunter. You've seen um, how Dion has been moving. Well, Coach Dion, I know he likes to be called that. So Coach Sanders has been moving around. Um, You also, uh, even on your your podcast, The Hustle and Flow, you interviewed um, Coach Hugh Jackson. You were Gramlin, right? And then um, Howard, right? You get um, Adrian James' um, son, Eaton. So I'm asking this question for you. How... 
possible? How could the HBCU world possibly not be dominated this year by Deion Sanders and Jackson State? How could they possibly not take over the entire HBCU football landscape? Well, I mean, last I checked, Buddy Pugh in South Carolina State was handing him a major L in the Celebration Bowl. Um, look, I mean, you can have all the talent you want. Um, you got you got to win every game. It's hard to win every game, right? And, and it's hard. But, but the one thing that Dion has done because of his social media presence, right? Dion has done such a masterful job. And I will call him Dion because I'm friends with him. I used to work with Dion. I used to cover <laughs> Dion. I'm friends with him. He's done a masterful job of merging his celebrity, his reach via social media and other broadcast outlets, his passion, his commitment, and his ability to coach, right? He's done an incredible job of meshing all of these while hiring an incredible staff, working with a university that doesn't have a ton of resources for its athletic program, Building a building pride back in a community that has, you know, Jackson State's given us four pro football of favors, right? So a community that's had some great, great talent of just putting his arms around it. And yeah, some people may not like his style. Some people might not like the fact that he's front and center and maybe he's taking attention away from the kids at the university or look, more people know what Jackson State is and about their football program than ever before. And people may say, well, what about back in the 70s, Walter Payton? Yeah, there was, again, there wasn't Twitter, there wasn't social media, where people like Alabama are talking about, you know, Nick Saban's talking about Jackson State, where ESPN, NFL Network, are talking about Jackson State. Like, come on, man. It's So in terms of dominating the attention, absolutely. In terms of dominating a lot of the talent, absolutely. In terms of, of terms of the influence he's had on forcing other coaches to step up. Look what Hugh Jackson has done in that transfer portal. He has gotten a lot of players to transfer to Graham. Look what Willie Simmons has done developing ta- talent at Florida AM. Delaware State, they got one of the best players, one of the pass rushers um, in, in FBS, who's going to be probably a top three draft pick if he stays healthy. So not everybody else who's kind of committed to, to, to playing with Jackson State, having a step at Tennessee State. Look what they've been doing in the transfer portal. We haven't even talked about what Eddie George. Uh, they've been racking up players. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee State, now they don't play in an HBCU conference, right? They play in the Ohio, Ohio Valley Conference. But they're historically black college university. They're going to start making it. So it's good. Again, you're hearing you know all this mega conference, super conference stuff with the Power Five conferences. You're going to hear some conversations now with HBCUs about developing certain things that could get more outreach and things like that. But to get back to your original question, the attention, everything is going to get to Jackson State. You saw them just sign with the Bayou Classic and other, you know, whether that's grounding in Southern. But hey, NBC wants to keep its tentacles on black college football because of the attention that's coming to it because of what Deion has done. And, and so that's that's kind of the domino now more tv outlets nfl network we we broadcast the black college football hall of fame classic every year from canton ohio to kick off the hbcu season we have the legacy bowl now which is a black college football hall of fame event that comes in to showcase a top 100 draft eligible play we all want part of black college football now as before nobody two years ago could care less so that's the Deion effect 
the truth. Yeah. I won't lose. Yeah. Got the juice. Ooh. Honey, proof. Uh. Watch the moves. Yeah. I won't snooze. If God be for me, you cannot stop me. It's not an option. Yeah. I got the right away. God's reign is a brand new day. 94, I am number one with the big man, Penny Hardaway. Look, I got the right away. God's reign is a brand new day. 94, I am number one with the big man, Penny Hardaway. That's a brighter day 94, I am number one With the big man, Penny Hardaway Look, I, I got the right away God's reign is a brighter day 94, I am number one With the big man, Penny Hardaway What you know about that sauce? Look at the flicker, the wrist When I whip it, you hearing it Sound like the cross We winning this thinking kingdom business Get with it, if nothing You finna get lost At the loss, it is your fault Make your decisions, but where the cost? All of your grill, I don't care if you lost No, you can't afford that, no You can't buy what his blood bought at all It's G-O-D, no C-A-P Boy, you can't go hard if you saw that hard Pull up like Penny, deliver that blicker Like Shaq on the block, but Jesus my center Fishing my homies out here on that liquor I pass him the word, it's none of that switch That's real love, bro, real Talk that's real facts. Cause since real, recognize real, and God's will is where the real's at. Good fruit can't kill that. Strong roots can't kill that. I set the screen, then roll up. God through the alley, how rounds that? I got the right away. God's reign is a brighter day. 94, I am number one with the big man, Penny Hardaway. One truth, you can get it too. I'll be seeing you, Billy Holiday. Tap a hand and throw it through the roof, and I'ma see it through with Eddie Mago Jack. I got the right away. God's reign is a brighter day. I am number one with the big man, Penny Hardaway. Look, I, I got the right away. God's reign is a brighter day. 994, I am number one with the big man, Penny Hardaway. I, I got the right away. God's reign is a brighter day. 94, I am number one with the big man, Penny Hardaway. Look, I, I got the right away. God's reign is a brighter day. 94, I am number one with the big man, Penny Hardaway. For the curb, full of the word, body and all of the beats. If I gotta serve, I gotta purge, I put it all in the speech. And I be thinking why trying to love a guy from the other side, trying to run and hide from the love and the peace. Southern pride to the tongue of the sneaks. But homie, he did it, and he told me he pinned it in all of the scripts. The power is all in his hands. He called me his son and he clicked. And I wasn't looking to live in with cyanide. I would die inside. Fast living had me by the fireside, but I'm revitalized by the lion's pride. Ay, not in the typical. As a young and I thought. It was fictional. I was thug in the heart, it was cynical. I was stuck in the dark, but a touch in the thought, but a struggling mark to a fixable. Now I'm up and I march to the pinnacle. Yeah. And I'm clutching this arc when it's difficult. You got a stone, crush it the minerals. Devil is miserable. Homie, it's so true. Got a new song with a dope move. And the chain broke, so I don't lose. And I'm clocking up in the phone booth with the dog, men I'm finna mow through. Homie, let him hold to. He a lie, gotta let him fly. Finna ride on him and glow to expose, dude. Yeah. Oh, man. I got the right away. God's reign is a brand new day. 94. I am number one with the big man, Penny Hardaway. Look, I, I got the right away. God's reign is a brighter day. 994, I am number one with the big man, Penny Hardaway. I, I got the right away. God's reign is a brighter day. 94, I am number one with the big man, Penny Hardaway. Look, I, I got the right away. God's reign is a brighter day. 94, I am number one with the big man, Penny Hardaway. Wow. Um, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I wanted to know why um the Miak always beats the Swag, right? Um, especially when they go head to head the Miak Swag Challenge. The Miak has been winning those games, right? Um, you just mentioned uh, <laughs> uh, Coach Deion Sanders. He was going in, right? Everybody thought they would win that game outright, right? They lose um in that particular game to South Carolina State. Um, don't forget do that feel- North Carolina, North Carolina A and T on on the celebration bowl. 
for years. For years. I mean, look, part of it, part of it was talent. You know, part of it was talent. Part of it was, you know, you got guys that come out of NCA and T and South Carolina State, man. Again, schools without a ton of resources that create a mentality of coming through the mud, right? Darius Leonard, who went he played for the Colts, South Carolina State, that's the thing, come from the mud. Right, they create that mentality. You've got great coaches at those programs, you know, who, who kind of create that. But now, again, Swag's getting players, man. The MIAC is now a six-team football conference, right? Hampton's gone. FAMU is now in the SWAC. Dune Cookman now in the SWAC. So, you know, that could be a – we could see the pendulum start to shift towards the swag when it when it comes to those types of things. But we'll see. I mean, Dell State's going to have a good team. South Carolina State's going to have a good team. I mean, Buddy Pugh always gets it done. Look at how many guys he keeps putting in the NFL every couple of years. So, you know, he, find, he finds players. He absolutely does. All right, last thing. I really appreciate your time. You've been amazing so far. Um, I just want to know, NFL-wise, which teams are you excited about? Oh, man, just about all of them. I mean, training camp starts in, in, in a couple weeks. Look, I'm looking forward to the Raiders, seeing what they're going to be able to do now. they got Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones and some fusion of talent. You know, Josh McDaniels is their head coach. Of course, what's going to happen with the Cleveland Browns and Deshaun Watson um, in that situation? You know, there's just there's just so many, you know, Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. Can Green Bay get down without Devontae? I mean, there's a lot of interesting scenarios where we're all going to look at, you know, Buccaneers, Tom Brady can help run it back, and the Rams, you know, repeat. So they brought back all these superstars, Adam guys, and Gallon Robinson, and, and things like that. So no team in particular, because the storylines, um, you know, are. are inter- I mean, a team I'm really kind of interested to watch. People think I'm crazy. Is the Houston Texans? Um, and it's in large part because it would Lovey Smith. I mean, I don't know if they're going to be a playoff team, but they've been such a, a catastrophe. Um, in so many different ways the past couple of years. See if Lovey Smith, um, who's getting a third opportunity to be an NFL ho- football, which is unheard of for a black Unheard coach, of, right? absolutely, absolutely. So, right, you know, and then he's got one of the best offensive coordinators in Pep Hamilton, right, an HBCU graduate, Howard University. He's quarterback coach, Ted White, Howard University, right? So you've got a lineage, you've got a succession plan. So I'm, I'm interested to see what they can do because, you know, people always hear about the NFL and the coaching pipeline. They're, oh, there's not, not enough talent. There's not enough pipeline. They've got one down in Houston. And, and if they have even a, a, mo- a modicum of success, you know, I want to see if Pat Hamilton gets a j- head coaching job because he was Justin Herbert's quarterback coach his rookie year who shaped him in, with the Chargers. He was Andrew Luck's quarterback coaching coordinator with the Indianapolis Colts. Look at with Davis Mills last year. He's got a track record. So I'm hoping that the, the Texans can do some things. So... We can see some of these black coaches who have earned the right to be a head coach put themselves in a position to get those opportunities. Are there going to be, do you believe like in maybe the next few years we'll see more black head coaches? Um, Because right now you understand the situation. Do you believe, there's so many, um, you know, programs in place, right? Internships now in place for um, HBCU coaches to kind of, you know, do a little fellowship in the NFL. I'm sorry, not a little, but a fellowship in the NFL. Do you believe that we'll see um, the impact of that work? I'm very cynical, man. I mean, look, these programs have been in place for years. A lot of them have been in place for two decades. And, you know, we are where we are. It's up to the individual owners 
you know, a lot of it is because you have great coaches like Sean McVay and everyone, all the young coaches who come from his tree have gone elsewhere to win. You know, Zach Taylor in Cincinnati just played in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, almost every coach who's left him has, has gone on and had significant success. You know, Matt LaFleur with the Packers, you know, and, and so... We'll see. I mean, I, I, again, there's just so many. You know, the one thing I don't want to hear is, you know, we just don't know where to find these guys on offense or defense. That's 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 the biggest pile of bull stuff that yeah. there is. Everyone knows it. You know, it's just a matter of some of these owners being brave, so to speak. It's a shame they're brave in having to hire a coach of color, um, but they've done their homework when they don't. And, and mm-hmm. so, again, again, I, I'm cynical. I've, I've covered this league too long. To think that all of a sudden these guys are going to get a moral conscience and do what's and do the right thing, not because the guy's black, but because the guy's qualified.
Absolutely. Listen, I truly appreciate your time. You've been so great. Um, thank you so much for being here. Somebody wants to, you know, somebody's paying attention to this. They're, they're watching this and they've either yep. seen you on the NFL Network, right? Or they're listening to your voice, you know, possibly, you know, it depends on where we are for the first time, maybe. But they're liking who, who you are. They love what's going on here. They want to pray for you. We're a praying podcast, right? That's kind of who we are, right? At the end of the day, and they want to pray for you. So if they're going to God for on your behalf, what are you know what are they praying for? <laughs> I wish I wish I could answer that question because people pray for different things, man. So you know, what would you like them have, to pray for? <laughs> hey, man, just for me to continue to be righteous um, and to do the right thing and to reach back and and speak for those who don't have a voice and to hope that as a nation as a whole. Those who are having their some of their rights taken away, um, get those rights back, and that we can all be just a more equitable country in, in, in a lot of different ways. I mean, that's look. I, I know it, kumbaya stuff is what it is, but I mean that's where I am in my life, man. You know, you've talked about it several times. I'm, I'm big for you know women, LGBTQ, indigenous cultures, um, all people of color who have contributed to this country and have a lot to contribute to this country to join their, you know, to join the majority of the people in this country and make things better. I appreciate that. Well, thank you so much um, for your time. Listen, um, if people want to follow you, where can they follow you on social media? Uh, Twitter and Instagram, Weich, W-Y-C-H-E 89. That's the magic number. Weich 89. That's a, um, that's a, um, a number that's from the, football, right? That's the high school number. When I got to college, I was like 93 or something like that. Okay. Never, it never saw the field. Okay. <laughs> Yo, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you. Listen, y'all, thank you so much for being here. We thank you so much for your time. Um, hey, I want to bring up one of our interns, um, Andrea, sure. just to, to say hi. Andrea, if you if you do have a question, go ahead and ask. Here we go. Hey, Andrea. Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good as well. I do have one question for you. Sure. So I was wondering what HBCU player sticks out to you the most that is in the league already? Oh, that's in the league already? Or oh, Darius Leonard. Coming. Yeah, I mean, Darius Leonard. I, I just, you know, he's, he's a great player. I think he's a great ambassador for a lot of things he does. I mean, he really cares about his town in South Carolina. He cares about the, 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 the young people there. He, he does a tremendous amount. He's a great player. He's always repping HBCUs, South Carolina State. And he also embodies what a football player is about, right? He's an undersized linebacker, but he lays it out there on the line every game for his teammates. He carries his constant edge uh, with him. He's one of my favorite players. Um, pro- again, probably the, the most well-known player from an HBCU but there you know there are plenty of them in the league you know we've got Javon Hargrave with the Eagles you know he's a he's a fantastic player there there and there are more coming I'm looking forward to see what you know Marquis Bell and, and some of the four players who are you know Kobe Durant you know there are four players drafted this year that's the most I think since 2015 so really looking forward to what uh what those guys are going to do as well thank you absolutely you want ice here you want an ice machine? You want freeze bird? <laughs>
always step back deep, but you can't fade me, little brother. Yeah, we talk for you. Y'all can't hold me. Yeah, okay, I reload it. I'm Tony. They slide and left, so now we sliding right. My force is black, I couldn't do the white. When they let go, we take off on them. Cause uh, who have baby, I settle that noise. Bustin' they bustin', they shootin' at boys. We runnin' like both, give a hope to our folks like you. Yeah, whoa, I had to find my truth, drop the booze. Big top 40, <laughs> yeah, me and my wolves, <laughs> yeah, coming through buzzing out those cause like these baby corny. But he told me your man, he was worth so much more I had to eat, I was sleeping on floors I had a dream, I was seeking for more Mama told me if your vision ain't broke Don't give up your soul for the devil's rewards Money, dollar, bills One cent, five cent, ten cent, dollar Homie, don't forget to live Life is more than just some commas My body's got me, we living for more Need no advance, no advance, more goals Pull out that stick, got a drink of my zones God put me on time to put on my home Team My Voice with MTMV Sports. And now, the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, the myth, the legend, the voice. Joining me as always is my verbal sparring partner, the Iron Man of MTMV Sports. None other than the newly minted Wildress Ruff. I mean, I, that intro was it. That This is why you are a 2022 Spin Awards nominee for Voice of the Year, sir. You know that, that is, I need that intro everywhere I go. I need that intro, and then I need like a uh, Big Daddy Kane smooth operator to play as I walk into the room. Okay, uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, it's your man, uh, Will Will Just Ruffin here, uh, with the man, the myth, the legend, the MTMV curator of combat sports, the voice, sir. How are you doing today? Oh man, you know how I'm doing. Are, are we talking about fights today? Uh, I already know. I already know. Yeah, if, you, if we, you, you want the you want the smoke for at least the next thirty to 
30 to 30 or 45 minutes. I, I already yeah. know it. Well, I, I'm not going to say I want to smoke, but any day that we're talking fights is a wonderful day for me. It, it, it makes my day. It gives me life. If there's a weekend that I can't watch two fights at one time, it's it's it's, it's a little sad. I have to say, it's it's a little little depressing sometimes. Well, we got some great stuff here uh, for you to talk about and, and for the good people to enjoy. Before we do that, Wildress, I gotta I, I gotta get that name plated. Wildress, the voice. We'll be right back. <laughs> Hey, I'm breaking bread and I got the juice It's Sunday communion When it cost me any blood and his body was bruised And he ain't had to do it A lot of folks did cause they ain't repent for all their wrongdoings You better be careful Before you take the communion See, I'm breaking bread and I got the juice It's Sunday communion When it cost me any blood and his body was bruised And he ain't had to do it A lot of folks did cause they ain't repent for all their wrongdoings So you better be careful Before you take the communion before you even take a bite of the bread and proceed to drink up all the juice Better make sure that your soul is clean and I ain't talking about no shoes But I'm glad when the Holy Spirit got a hold of me Cause I was about to act a fool Had to let go of everything that was holding me And now I'm really breaking loose I'm breaking the chains, I'm breaking the shackles I'm breaking the curses, I'm breaking the noose Got no type of games, the devil's attacking My head on the swivel, watching every move I know he's sneaky, trying to devour and eat me But my God won't let him do it, that's the good news We got the victory, he stay defeated, he stay with the losers Hey, but back to communion I'm breaking the bread and passing the juice I cannot be foolish, I pray that I got a clean heart and my mind is renewed Yeah, I know there's some snakes, I know there's some fakes So I gotta watch out for Judas This thing is sacred, please do not take it If you don't know what you're doing I'm breaking bread and I got the juice It's Sunday communion When it cost me any blood and his body was bruised And he ain't had to do it A lot of folks did cause they ain't repent for all their wrongdoings So you better be careful Before you take the communion See, I'm breaking bread and I got the juice It's Sunday communion When it cost me any blood and his body was bruised And he ain't had to do it A lot of folks did cause they ain't repent for all their wrongdoings Hey, break bread just like Jesus did. I got faith like I'm Peter, and I just might walk on water just so y'all can believe again. Hold up, I'm switching it up. I stick on the roll like the wheels on the bus. Got way too much show inside, I'm about to bust. I'm busting the rhymes, but I'm feeling like bust. Hey, let me take a little sip of the juice, and I be feeling rejuvenated when I step in the booth. They never try to tell me, but it's something he can't do. When I be stopping on his head, I see the blood on my shoe. Hold up, I just took another bite of the bread. I had to open up the word, just know what it said. He died on the cross for all of my sins. They thought it was over, but that's when he rose again. Like, whoa, he's alive, he's alive. Yeah, the party starts when he arrives. Yeah, taste to see the Lord. Is good, yeah. Like we was eating season fries, yeah. I took him young, just to remind me that he broke the curse for me. The devil is ludicrous, you then he can disturb my peace. I'm breaking bread and I got the juice, it's Sunday communion. When it cost me, he bled and his body was bruised and he ain't had to do it. A lot of folks did cause they ain't repent for all their wrongdoings. So you better be careful before you take the communion. I'm breaking bread and I got the juice, it's Sunday communion. When it cost me, he bled and his body was bruised and he ain't had to do it. A lot of folks did cause they ain't repent for all their wrongdoings. Yeah, back to the lab again, a bit adamant about trying through what my passion is. Traveling on all axes, balancing the both axes, and we rap, rap, On purpose, surely no accident while I'm driving, driving. You just try to stay out the lane and I'm passing it, cause me and Coop in the 2 cool. Try and keep it all back like an owl, you. 
to the man upstairs if you want a real hook. Said he would never deserve me to turn me so. Turn the process of prophecy properly. Was I born for this? Mm, probably. That's modesty. I got way more inside of me. Inside of me. Inside of me. My mama's so proud of me. Proud yeah. of me. Alarm screaming. That means I gotta wake up. I got two choices. Go to work or take another vacation. And we grind, grind, grind. In the studio like we live here. Treated like a second home. Surprise, we don't pay rent here. Work sundown to sunrise. Sleep no more, it's crunch time. Thirsty, got punchlines. We eat beats like it's lunchtime. And I'm hungry. Why wait? No reason to stop now. Go wherever the wind blows. We ride out with the top down. Late night, grinding. Introduced to the whole world, we turn that page, this is chapter two. And it feels like I'm repeating lines, detention after school. He's a rapper, he's a Christian, oh yeah, he does graphics too. Now who am I talking about? Is it me or the tall guy? Not a thief, but I take the blame. Graduated to a fall guy. <laughs> Aggravated, but I fought my intuition to take offense. So it's still a gate, but I pay my rent. Living my dream, it just makes sense. I wrote this here for the paparazzi. Close your eyes when you try to watch me. I don't care how you feel about me. I'm too real, you can't photoshop me. What they know about low me. Let me break it down like I've been low key. Graduated my college degree. Back in 09 before RMG. Nah, nah, I got a shout out to my friend. DC to Orlando. VA, you know I miss y'all. Y'all know I can't forget y'all. You ain't seen me like I'm camo. On holy ground with no sandals. On both knees with my hand closed. Got the word of God as my ammo. Hey, yeah, hey, yeah. Late night, Friday, to sunshine. Look what we can do with the daylight. Another weekend of amazing boxing coming up. Are, are you ready for this? Oh yeah. Let's let's go ahead and get right into it. So newly crowned WBC featherweight champ Mark Magnifico Maxio actually has no time uh, to enjoy his championship. He's actually going to be taking on the unbeaten, undefeated former super bantamweight champion Ray Vargas in a scheduled championship bout. Uh, July 9th from the Alamo Dome in San Antonio. Now, while these two have talked each other up before the bout, uh, even praising the tradition of uh, Mexico versus, versus the Philippines, um, with Vargo actually also commenting on the power that Magnifico provides. Uh, but while they're talking each other up, Vargas has also stated that he's going to be ready to counter everything that Magnifico comes with. 
Royce. In a tremendous bout of two undefeated knockout artists, should we really expect fireworks from this bout? Well, I mean, you said that they're undefeated, and you said that they are knockout artists. I mean, Vargas has stopped the majority of his fights uh, by way of knockout uh, with 35 wins and 22 knockouts. Can't necessarily say that makes you a knockout artist, um, especially seeing as he hasn't knocked anybody out in <laughs> in quite a quite a while, 2016. Uh, but he's definitely uh, someone who uh, is undefeated, and that is very very notable. Uh, you, he's an undefeated featherweight going in and, and taking on uh, the the champ for the title. So uh, should it be a good fight yes it is is it a fight uh that warrants our attention absolutely uh, especially with maxayo uh the uh or i should say magnifico we're just gonna call him mark magnifico because the the ring uh only sounds a little bit better but anyway he's coming off of a win a majority decision over gary russell jr that fight Again, it was a majority decision. But many people see that with a little bit of an asterisk because, well, number one, it was uh, Gary Russell's first loss. However, Gary Russell was also dealing with the fact that Gary Russell Sr. was not feeling well. You know, he was sick. And I don't know if he was in his corner or not. We know that uh, that he did succumb to uh, his battles recently you know over the past couple months so I want to salute the Russell family uh, and the Russell fighting family as I'm sure uh, that still weighs heavily on uh, their hearts but you had all those things going on leading into the fight with Magnifico you know so again they're not taking anything away from him because he still has to go in there he still has to do it but were you facing the very best uh, Gary Russell Jr.? We don't know. This is going to be the test to, to say whether or not this was uh, or your previous win, you know, over a great was uh, if that was the rule or if that was an exception. A champion isn't a champion until they defended their title. And he's taking on an undefeated fighter to attempt to, uh, again, solidify himself as a champion and defend his title his last fight outside of the fight with Gary uh, Russell Jr. when he fought Julio Seha he knocked Seha out he also knocked out Pablo Cruz um, you know so he he's he's more of a even though um, the, his knockout percentage is about the same as Red, I mean, uh, I want to call him Red so bad. It's uh, Ray Vargas. Uh, even though his knockout percentage is probably around there, he's had stoppages more recently than Vargas has. And that says a lot because the longer you go in this fight game, the harder the fighters get, the less likely it is to knock someone out. So it's going to be interesting to, to see what happens. I love that they're playing up the Mexico-Philippines uh, matchup. Uh, you say that, and my mind automatically goes to 
uh, Pac-Man versus Marquez and, and the wars that they had. So uh, if they do anything like uh, some of the previous Filipino-Mexican matchups, we got a fight on our hands. Yeah, that's definitely going to be a great fight. And it's funny that you mentioned that. Magnifico actually brought up that fight when mentioning uh, the legacy between Mexico and the Philippines. And they both actually promised that it's going to be a fight to remember. So um, definitely make sure that we check out uh, that that's actually going to be taking place on July 9th. So definitely look for uh, your local listeners for that fight. Um, Now on UFC on ESPN, coming live also July 9th from the UFC Apex in Nevada, uh, Rafael Dos Anjos is actually going to take on Rafael Fizzy. Um, mm-hmm. So it's technically the battle of Raphael's. This is going to be about that had been uh, previously postponed uh, twice. The first time was due to uh, uh, Fizzy's uh, uh, visa issues, and then the second time there was issues with COVID, also. So they're both excited to actually be taking this uh, taking this on. And the former lightweight champion said it, that he's coming into the into the bout with intentions of adding, and I quote, heavy pressure, as Adaman has never had a five round main event bout before so voice with those thoughts does Anyos have a great strategy to, to get an advantage or is this going to be a disadvantage for him I mean he, he really laid out why it would be an advantage uh, fighting a five round fight is much different than fighting a three round fight uh, do you and especially with this being the first time does he know how to pace himself you know is he going to gas himself out how is he going to approach the fight? Will it even make it the distance? All those questions that will be answered on that night, but to come and to apply pressure is wise from that standpoint. Here's where it could backfire, though. Fazeev is a phenomenal striker. Fazeev is the uh, is a striking coach at Tiger Muay Thai in Thailand. He's like the MMA striking coach. He can crack. Oh my goodness. He, he is so creative with his strikes. And when you are pushing the pressure, you're coming in, you, you could be setting yourself up to get stopped. So, it, I mean, but that goes both ways. If you're able to get close enough, then you uh, mitigate the striking because you know you can't throw your your spinning kicks when you're up close. You know you you may not be able to strike the same in close as you can at distance. So there are always many factors at play. Uh, again, the strategy could be great. It could backfire. We'll find out when the pin drops, the cage door locks. The thumbs go up and they start the clock. That needs to be put on a t-shirt. That's epic. I like that. We, we, we need to get that on a t-shirt. Whoever we got to talk to. Uh, that definitely sounds like an amazing fight. And, and UFC ESPN actually has uh, a lot of great bouts on it, including this week's The Voices Marquee Matchup, which is a bantamweight uh, bout. Voice, tell us about that. Okay, before I do, like you said, there are quite a few uh, fights on the card. You got... Uh, Kyle Burrell fighting uh, Armand Petrosian. You got Jamie Pickett taking on uh, Dennis in a 185 uh, fight. These are all on the main card. Jared Van Vandera and Chase 
uh, the vanilla Gorilla Sherman taking on each other at heavyweight. And then you got to fight that normally will be the voice of Marky Magic because you got St. Louis's own Michael Johnson taking on Jamie Malarkey. So for me to choose Saeed Namagamedov versus Douglas the Silver uh, DeAndrage or Douglas Silver DeAndrage as the voice of Marky matchup over a St. Louis? Oh, you know you need to see this fight. Now, part of it has to do with the names. Uh, I said Namagamedov, right? Right, like uh, arguably the greatest name in MMA. Speaking of Habib Nurmagomedov, well, Saeed is fighting out of his camp. His last name is Nurmagomedov for a reason. They're related, and he brings the heat. I mean, uh, Saeed. Saeed is a phenomenal fighter, just as uh, you know his cousin Habib is. But Saeed does things a little bit differently than Habib does. Saeed is known to uh, to ground and pound you. He's known uh, to, to stop people with kicks and punches. You know, he, he's known to be a striker, which is not something that Habib was really known for. Habib was known more so uh, for his, his grappling and his pressure, you know, his ability to lock someone up and then beat the snot out of I remember when he was fighting <laughs> Michael Johnson. And he was like, dude, give up. I need to fight for the title. You know, I, I really don't want to beat you anymore, but you but you, you got to give up so that I can stop beating you like this. Um, so, like I said, Saeed comes at it from a different perspective, or I should say a different uh, way. Uh, is he uh, as or I should say, is his record as good as Habib's was? No, because he's lost two times, including the loss of Jaime Barcelos uh, in the UFC. Uh, however, he bounced back from that one. Uh, that's his uh, first loss in in a long time. Uh, but he bounced back from that loss uh, to run off two in a row. And now he takes on D. Silva. And D. Silva is no joke d silver does the thing uh he is uh has a, a much more extensive record uh at 28 and 4 versus nomagomedov's 15 and 2 record i've you know, been fighting a bit longer i've uh, been fighting some of the best of the best uh he's you know taking on uh piotr Jan. he's taking on rob font He's beaten Marlon Vera. He's beaten Hen- Henry Briones. You know, he, he's beaten a number of fighters, but he's lost two. You know, he like I said, he, he took on uh, Piotr Jan and got stopped. He took on Rob Font and got stopped. He lost a unanimous decision against one of Saeed's uh, teammates in Zubaira, Tukagov, the, the one who sucker punched Conor McGregor in the back of the head when Conor and Habib fought. So Saeed has at least in his camp someone who's got intimate knowledge of him. Someone and a a game plan or I should say strategic people there who know how to beat him because they beat him before. So that does give him a bit of a leg up but that was a long time ago. That was in 2014. 
This is 2022. Yeah, nearly yeah, well, so eight years ago that that happened, and people are, are different. Uh, so it's gonna be a very interesting fight because of uh, of all of those things. Uh, Saeed can do it on the ground. He can do it on the feet. Same with uh, D. Silver. You, you it, it's going to be a phenomenal fight and one that you definitely want to watch because these two should be bringing it. So UFC ESPN is actually going to be basically an amazing card from top to bottom is what you're telling me. And it's, it definitely sounds like you can't miss it. I, I can't say all of that because you don't know what's... You just never know. But mm-hmm. I'll say this on paper, it's a pretty good fight card. Like I said, we, we just talked about the, the main card. We didn't talk about uh, the undercard uh, whatsoever. And on the prelims, you got folks like Cynthia Calvillo taking on Nina Nunez. Amy Zahabi fight Ricky Tercios. Alan, uh, Antonio Shevchenko and Courtney uh, Cass Iron Casey. Cody Bundridge. Uh, uh, David Onama. Kennedy and Chubu. Man, it, it, there, it's... You got a lot of good fights on this card. And I'll say this, the UFC has really been, uh, um, they've really been doing a good job. These fight night cards, uh, historically, or I should say in recent history, it's been like, eh, you know, you can take it or leave it, catch the main event live and then the rest of it, you know, catch the, the replay or, you know, watch it on ESPN plus uh, that's what I do um, I will uh, just go and see what fights stopped <laughs> what <laughs> fights stopped uh, uh, before like 22 minutes and then I watch that because that means that there was a stoppage uh, you know you can do that and and, uh, and be perfectly fine these past couple cards you've wanted to be in your seat from the time they started to the time they ended because they have been doing gangbusters and this one has that kind of feel to it looking uh looking at it on paper we we have to see that you know this is the reason why the games are played this is the reason why uh you fight the fights on paper if it you know if if that was the case if everything was on paper then it wouldn't be as exciting as it is so uh you uh is this one that you want to pay attention to probably Sounds good. I mean, it, it, it's overall going to be a busy July 9th weekend for boxing, so you probably don't even want to leave your home unless you have to. If you got to get your groceries, do Instacart. You know, if you got family coming in town, family probably needs to sit and watch with you. Because rounding that one out, in a in a rematch that is literally six years in the making, uh, British heavyweight Derek Chisora is actually going to be taking on Kerbot. Kubrat. Kubrat. I knew I butchered it. I felt it. <laughs> They're gonna that's gonna be taking place at the O2 Arena uh Saturday, July 9th. Also, now the second fight between the two actually comes after uh police defeated uh Shasarabot, uh split decision for the European heavyweight title uh back in 2016. Now, while both fighters respect one another, there's no love loss apparently. But Pulov stating that the bout will be one big sparring session and Chisora guaranteeing a knockout. So voice. <laughs> With this bout here between two individuals who clearly have 
bad blood between one another. What should we be looking for here? And and I mean, with Derek Chisora also in in reading up on him, I'm finding that a lot of people feel as though if he loses his fight, that he should probably consider uh, retirement. So, give us your thoughts on the bout, and also your thoughts on uh, Chisora's uh, legacy after this bout and where he should go next. Well, I would agree with the uh, with the statement that. If he does lose, he should probably think about retiring because, again, uh, he has lost quite a few. He loses this fight. This will be four in a row. The last time he will have beaten anybody uh, would have been David Price in 2019. And here's the thing, with the exception of maybe like Arthur Spilka, when he's lost, he's lost to, uh, and, and I'll say uh, Carlos Takam as well, uh, when he's lost, he's lost to the best of the best. He's lost to Cooper Apulier already. He's lost to Dillian White a couple times. Uh, he, he lost to Joseph Parker back-to-back in his last two fights. So, yeah, I mean, if you can't beat uh, Cooper Apulier, who, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> last fought uh, uh, on a Triller card, damn you, yeah. You, you you probably need to hang it up. If, if you can't beat somebody who's fighting on Triller, then you, you you probably don't need to be fighting. You probably don't need to be fighting. So I I, I definitely understand that um, that thought process, especially saying as you know he's thirty eight, been fighting for quite some time, and um, like I said, you, you're you're fighting somebody who who's fought bare knuckle recently. And not just bare knuckle recently, but who's forty one? You can't beat a forty one year old fighter who who stopped boxing to do bare knuckle. Bare, bare knuckle is the uh, the cesspool. That is the retirement home of combat sports. Whether it's MMA or boxing, you go to bare knuckle to get a last paycheck before uh, finding something something else to do before being a uh, going back to being a bouncer or, or something of that nature um so yeah if, if that's the case he he should uh definitely uh consider hanging it up um you know we'll, we'll see what happens again you're fighting a former champion in uh Pugliel, but one who definitely has seen uh his best days probably his last the his last best performance was his loss to Anthony Joshua back in 2020. Uh, and then, you know, he went on a, a tear, you know, beat Chisora before, beat uh, Hughie Fury and, you know, some some other middling uh, fighters. But, you know, it's definitely, again, you, you were you were doing better enough. You were doing Triller. You're done. He's just back for another uh, payday. And, I, and he'll probably be done, I, honestly, unless he can... <laughs> Unless he can uh, find someone else to fight in uh, bare knuckle or uh, some other boxing champion uh, or uh, uh, boxing name that needs a, a good victory. Well, you definitely gave us. <laughs> it felt like you 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 had that just kind of store up. Now now, sorry, you know, I definitely understand. I definitely understand. I mean, I get it. You know, he he's he's had some some. Uh, some incredible bouts. I mean, he's a, a 2006 uh, gold medalist for the English uh, national championship. Um, but you know, 
at some point you gotta know when to hang them up and that's the one thing we never want to see fighters do um is literally stay well past that time because injury happens or, or worse uh so definitely i i don't really know what to say to that <laughs> but it uh, looks like it's going to be the perfect segue uh to end another amazing episode of the main card uh we've given you some amazing fights so your july 9th weekend is packed make sure that you come back uh on wednesday nights 9 p.m mtmv sports so you can catch us uh giving you the fight night update and also stay tuned for the main card because we're going to continue to keep bringing you uh the best in combat sports uh, my name is Wilders Ruffin. This is the voice, the man, the myth, the legend, the Spin Awards nominee. Please make sure that you vote www.spinawards.com. Uh, vote for the team and also vote for this gentleman here uh, for Voice of the Year. I mean, it's called Voice of the Year, so clearly the voice should win. Uh, voice, take us out, good sir. Hey, well, I'll say this. I'm looking forward to the next time uh, we get together. Uh, you know, Ortega versus Rodriguez is coming up uh, on July 16th. You know, we're going to have uh, some excellent boxing uh, going on as well with Ryan Garcia facing Javier Fortuna on that same night. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And as always, fight the good fight. Strap on my gloves Boy, I've been prepping since like I was seven And thing is, I'm already covered in blood Walking in love This for the ones who've been stuck in the mud Searching for hope Trust me, I know what it feel like to drown in my problems But God came and threw me the rope Can't wait to look in his eyes All of my life, I've been battling lies I found the truth and took off my disguise Come for my head, I still live for the prize Whoa, whoa, whoa I was in the city going down, trying to blow Everything changed when I learned to let it go Hopping on stage, I ain't in it for the show Only got one life, so I gotta let him know Talk about real I seen a man Whole bad hill. I seen a woman drooling out the mouth. I seen the demons in the cast it out. I seen my brother throw his hoe, vaping the lace and smooth hill from the dark. I seen the spirit change my own heart. Can't tell it all, but this a good start. Who got the keys to the Jeep and the hiller? They ain't never been real up. I am not sure, come aligned in chillin' my face blue still. I ain't never been stiller. Ooh, KB ain't gotta get bigger. Ooh, on south side, sing killers, bring light to the dark spots. Wake up, I didn't make up this dog in the vine concealer. On the bread of heavens, like the red and black elevens, walking through the pearly gates. Bobby do the most, I'm in the Holy Ghost. I'm looking like the Pope swerving raves. Ooh, they gon' get the word today. I send a text back, never curved the fate. Jesus, curses break. Slaves get freed in the worst of way. Uh, ever seen a dope dealer? Cold killer, gold killer, crying on the floor with us. Cause your hoe hit him. Had a hole in him, now he got a hole in it. Tell him the dead see here. We didn't know Israel, Israel. God really lives here. Watch the sin here. Way more than dead. We begin here. We begin here. It's your boy Mike T. From the 304 to the Trey 4. You already know. Should we stop playing? Yeah.
Hey, tell me who your squad is. Then I came with the gang and we mobbing. Show up with the light. Got everybody flopping. The devil wanna fight. Everybody mobbing. Everybody mobbing. Everybody mobbing. Everybody mobbing. We got everybody mobbing. Show up with the light. Got everybody flocking, the devil wanna fight, fight. everybody mobbing, no. e- everybody jumping in at the same time. I don't wanna call this like we got the same mind. The devil moving kind of fairly across the baseline. I think he ain't kind. Convict. Hey, yeah, you know we got the squad up in here. The enemy gon' be defeated as long as God in the midst. Yeah, we eat. Close your eyes, by your head. Yeah, we eat. Say a prayer, cause we mobbing again mobbing. Let me get back to the rapping Devil talk smack, but I know we can't back it uh, I just sit back and I laugh when the devil got a plan But my God come and jack it uh, Better prepare for defeat if you coming at me I be the one to bag him up Never let up on my feet on his neck He ain't getting up, that's where the Lazarus Hey, tell me who your squad is Man, I came with the gang and we mobbing Show up with the light Got everybody flocking The devil wanna fight Everybody mobbing Everybody mobbing Everybody mobbing, everybody mobbing, we got everybody mobbing. Show up with the light, got everybody flocking. The devil wanna fight, everybody mobbing. We hit everybody mobbing, squad getting active. I hit him with a robin, sidekick, Batman. Make the devil wanna tap out when everybody tapping. The bloody be leaking, you couldn't get it with a napkin. I'm laughing at you. You thought that you had me when I was acting a fool, but I wanna take a dip in the bath as a fool. Now God really using me when I'm rapping the booth. Now I'm laughing at you, so we stomping on your head. They think I'm a libertine 'cause I said I'm a Christian. Because of the bottom, all of my shoes started turning. Every time I take a dive in the Bible, I gotta implement the things that it said. When I'm with the crew, it's always like communion, cause I got the juice, you know I'm breaking bread. Sound like communion. Man, I got so many sounds, I can switch and endeavor, never know what's coming. Cause he think it's a marathon, he heard the power, and then the devil started running. Yeah, the devil started running, the fight has been fixed, and I already won it. Look at my life, and you can see what God is, you ain't got no one. Hey, tell me who your squad is. Man, I came with the gang, and we mobbing. Show up with the light, got everybody flocking. The devil wanna fight, well, everybody mobbing. El Misavo y Soy Fuego. Le debo todo muy caliente. Te quiero más. Straight sauce, red goya. We don't chase no mula. Say Zeus is the ruler. Yeah, it's too hot, no cooler. Light like goya. Hey, hallelujah. Blessings to ya. Got me covered in his grace like a poncho Uno, dos, 
Trace, he in our home. With the check on that body, it was long gone. Gave his life like a old six flip phone. Now everybody talking selfish on their iPhone. iPhone, iPhone, like wrong guy, wrong guy, rip. This beat, this track, this song, this verse, this shit. I'm fly a plane, a jet, a bird, a lyre. On God, on grace, on favor, I am here. He died, he rose, I chosen it was him. I'm sold, he knows, so we can make it clear. It cost to be the ball, the count, the floss. I just gave you the game, straight flame.